The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Little Harmony Montgomery's life was filled with hardship and tragedy. Both of her parents suffered from addiction problems. These issues were addressed by a judge who gave sole custody to her father, Adam Montgomery, a career criminal. October 2019 was the last time Harmony was seen alive, but it took over two years for her to be reported missing. Now her father awaits trial for her murder. I'm Vinnie Politan, and on this week's Court TV podcast, we're diving deeper into this heartbreaking case with an interview with Harmony's biological mother, Crystal Sori, who was instrumental in bringing attention to her daughter's disappearance. Have a listen. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. I'm Vinnie Politan. Thank you so much for joining us tonight here on Closing Arguments. And for the last year and a half, we've spent a lot of time talking about a little girl who was missing. Her name is Harmony Montgomery. And you followed everything that has happened during the course of this investigation. But Harmony can't tell her own story. It's impossible. It's just, and it's heartbreaking. You want someone to be able to tell their story. And, and Harmony can't tell her story because she's missing and she's presumed dead. And there'll be a trial all about that. Now, when you're that young, it's usually the people around you who can, you know, kind of fill in the gaps and, and, and tell us your story. Unfortunately, the adults who were living with Harmony when she went missing and was presumably murdered, um, filled her life with chaos, chaos that resulted in death. And we're talking, of course, about Adam and Kayla, the father and stepmother. That was, that was, I guess that would be her, her story at that moment in time, in that small window of time of her life. But there's more. So where do you go to, to tell that story, to figure out who this little girl was, the spirit of harmony and, and what made her happy? What did she like to do? I mean, we, we haven't heard that. We've been covering this story for a year and a half, and we haven't been able to hear that story yet. And I think for most children, that story starts with mom. There's little Harmony with her mom, Crystal. And um, Crystal is joining us and is here tonight to tell Harmony's story. And I think it's going to be, for the first time for us, an opportunity to finally get to know this little girl. So let me right away bring in our special guest joining us, Harmony's mom, Crystal Sori joining us tonight. Crystal, thank you so, so much. Um, I know, I hope you know that people around the nation, around the world, know Harmony's story, and they send their prayers and their love and everything else, and I hope you've felt that. Can we start tonight? Because 
and this is going to be a tough hour. I know it's going to be difficult, but let's please start. And you, you were gracious enough to send us a bunch of photos that we've never seen before. And let's focus right now on the times that Harmony was happy and what that was like, what she was doing, and, and, and what you remember. Uh, she was just such a kind little girl, you know. Um, ever since she was so little, you know, she was just, um, they always said the first day she was born, she was like bright eyed and she stared right at you and lifted her head right up. And, um, you know, she was ready, you know, she was ready for the world. Um, and every person that ever met her said, she's a light. She's a light, you know. Um, she lights up the room when she walks in, you know. Um, she couldn't stand to see anybody sad or mad. Um, she's just so happy, you know. She loved to dance and sing, and she always telling me, Mommy, I'm going to be a superstar, you know. And she sure is. Um, you know, she she loved her brother. You know, I, that's one thing I can say. Um, she loved being a big sister. At first, she wasn't very fond of it. She was like, oh, no, what's what is happening? You know, but um, she fell in love with him right away. Right away. She she wanted to do everything for him, you know, feed him. And <laughs> she I think for a little while she thought he was a doll. But then I think, you know, I kept having to explain to her <laughs> that she was, you know, that was, he was not a doll and he was very much a real baby. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, she just, just so much, so much life, filled with so much life. Um, we would walk, I was in a program um, when I had gotten her back, you know, I was, I was always fighting to get clean, you know, that was one thing that she did for me was she made me realize that life there was more to life than just the bad things you know um drugs and parties and you know um toxicity you know when she was born i realized i didn't want that anymore and i wanted things to be different i wanted to break the cycle so I just kept going to programs and I tried to make it so she didn't really know. She called it our adventure because I tried not to let her know that this was a sober house. You know, I tried to let her think that this is just where we had to be right now so that mommy could be better. And she didn't care because she had all these friends and life was as normal as it could be for her, you know. Um, you know, she was going to school and she had all these friends and there was um, always activities going on, always birthday parties and um, events. And, you know, they were always doing these amazing things for the kids, you know. Um, so she was happy, you know, and I, I just I, I just want to emphasize that so much that like her life wasn't always bad. It was only bad when he got her. She was very much loved by everybody who met her, like, you know, her, her daycare people, they, they still reach out to me and, you know, um, 
you know, really anybody that she, she left a mark on. Um, I'm very close with her, her foster parents. Um, they've been my family from day one, you know. Uh, they believed in me when no one else did, you know. Um, you know what I'm hearing Michelle from you, Crystal? Alongside me. You know what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. What? This little girl saved you. She did. She really did. She saved me. You know, and I was trying to do the same for her. But nobody would listen to me. It was like I have never in my life felt so invisible. Um, well, let, let's. You know, it was basically. Let's talk you know, about that because that. <laughs> I'm a lawyer and I've, and I've gone through and tried to figure out what happened at this hearing where Adam ended up getting custody. And is it true that you were in the courthouse in a different courtroom taking care of another matter involving one of your other children in front of a different judge, and the judge that was handling Harmony's case went forward without you in the room because you were in front of another judge involving your other child? Yes. Um, actually, I wasn't in the same building. So Jameson's case, um, because he was born in Boston, his case was out of Boston. I had to pick between the two hearings. And it was basically, if I was at either one of them, if I wasn't at either one of them, it was going to go bad for me. So I called my lawyer frantic in Lawrence and I said, I sent over from that courthouse to the other courthouse that I was proof that I was there. They said, he said, I will, I will quote, fight for a continuance that never happened. There was no continuance granted. There was no continuance fought for and they moved forward and handed him custody. So in the same day, not only did my son get adopted, but my daughter got handed over to the one person that I begged them never to give her to. There were so many family members that had stepped up. There were family members that had been vetted and still denied. It, there's just so many things that people don't know that what really happened. Like there were family that wanted her, you know, Michelle would have adopted her. And who, and who is Michelle, um, for folks at home who don't know? Her foster mother. She, when, when I didn't have her, Michelle did. That's her, her, her other mummy. And Tim, her husband, will always be Harmony's real father. The only man that showed her what real fatherly love was like. Truly, she loved Tim very much. And I want people to know as well that Harmony didn't call Adam dad. She called him Adam. I really want people to let that sink in. Because, you know, I think people skimmed through a lot of well, the OCA report and things yeah. because out of anger, you know? And, and, and again, when I and went through the history of this, Crystal, <laughs> going through the history of this, like, in handing Harmony over to Adam, who's number one in another state, there's like no, no one's questioning or finding out, well, does he, does he work? 
Does he have a place? Is That's he a career? Is he a career criminal? Um, does he understand how to take care of Harmony? None of this happened in the nope, hearing. Nothing. Mind you, um, you know, I was well aware she was disabled. You know, she was blind in her right eye. Um, she was not technically developmentally disabled. Um, because she could talk very well by the time she was two. Um, I remember people didn't believe me that she was two. Like, as soon as she would open their mouth, they'd be like, she's not two, no way. And I'm like, she's two, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I don't need to lie. I'm not going to carry a birth certificate around, but she's, <laughs> you know, she's two. Um, she's just very smart girl, you know? And, and the thing that baffles me is that if Harmony at any point by DCF, law enforcement, anybody had pulled her aside away from Adam and Kayla and said to her, you are safe now, is, is something going on? It would have been like word vomit. She would have told them everything because she would have knew in her head, they're gonna, I'm gonna be safe now. She was, she was smart. And that's why Adam made sure he, she never spoke to anyone without him in the room. So, and it's, it sickens me. No one ever did that. They never pulled her aside. You know, she was five. She was old enough to talk for herself. And, you, and at the time this is happening, like you said, you had to choose between two courtrooms for two different children. And in the other courtroom, um, you're, you're helping your son be in a great home. Right? Is, and that's... So... Like yeah. that's and that's not easy, right? That's not easy for for a, for a parent to say, "Wow, I know that that I'm struggling right now, but my my son, we've got an amazing place for him to be, and if I go to this courtroom, I know he's going to be okay." And you did that. I thought they would give me a chance to go to that court date, you know, like like, give me a week, you know, just to make it to that court date for Harmony, you know, because I had made it to every single court date, every visit, every class they made me do. I did everything they asked, and they couldn't even give me a continuance. Yeah. It, to, to, me that's an, to me, that's mind. inexcusable. When you're making a decision about a, a, a small child, and you are deciding to give that child to a career criminal who has his own substance abuse issues, and you haven't done any sort of background look at, at what's going on in his life and can he actually take care of the child, that's, that's problematic when you don't have the one person in the courtroom who knows everything and can call into question uh, the decisions. So that decision is made, and I want to go through a little bit of a timeline for the folks at home and then have you kind of fill in the blanks for us. So February 2019 is when he's granted custody. April of 2019, my understanding, and you can, you can correct us after we go through all this, is the last communication FaceTime uh, between you and Harmony. Then in December of 2019, this is the allegation of when Harmony is murdered by Adam. Flash forward to November of 2021, you call the Manchester police to report Harmony missing. Then in December, uh, the Manchester police begin looking for Adam to try to locate Harmony. And then two days later, you write to the mayor, desperate, uh, requesting help here. So I guess the biggest question most people have is between April 
of 2019, and when you start making a lot of noise in, dis, in um, November of 2021, what's, what's going on? What do you know is, hap what is happening in your life, um, and, and, and what, is, what is happening? Um, I was actually kind of going through a hard time myself. Um, I was in the shelter, pregnant with my son. Um, you know, just trying to make a way for myself, really. Um, but I had no contact, you know. Um, like I said before, he had cut me off everything, you know. Um, even if I would make a fake page and, or a new page and, and message them, it was automatic red and blocked, red and blocked. And, um, you know, so I just started doing my own digging, you know, asking around, um, driving around, like little things I could possibly do. If I was in Manchester, I would just drive around and, and to parks and, and the, I just remember at the visits I had for him, he would always have me meet him at the Dunkin' Donuts on 2nd Street. But that was, I didn't know anything other than that because he was, at the time when I was seeing her, a lot of people don't know, but I was tiptoeing around this man. Any little thing he told me I could or couldn't do, I did because I knew he would make me never see her again. I knew it. He finally had the control he wanted and he was going to use it. So um, until I finally couldn't deal with it, um, we had the agreement that I was starting a job and I needed to FaceTime for that week until I got my schedule and I knew when I was going to be able to have my visits with her. We agreed. Um, right away, the, fa the FaceTimes were chaotic, just very chaotic. There was like, you know, he's muting it, pausing it, uh, shutting the sh camera off and just every single time she just looks terrified. And he's, you know, I'm asking questions. He's yelling at me saying I can't ask her that or she's not going to answer that or, you know, just I knew in my gut, man, it was it was all wrong. He was acting erratic. I knew he was getting high. And there was just nothing I could do. I was being told by this DCF worker that I was a bitter baby mother and I was mad because he had moved on, not because he was acting crazy or she, um, you know, hadn't gone to school, hadn't seen a doctor, you know, uh, the, the, his own family was making reports as well alongside me, giving me all this information about what he's doing there and nothing's happening. And, and it was, it started even back then, like the report started back then when I was still having phone calls, like, and it, nothing happened, nothing. And everybody knew he was getting high, including his family. Nobody did a thing. And it's like, there were people there. Like, there was only so much I could literally do, and I did everything I could, you know? Um, but I had to survive myself. I didn't live in Manchester. I didn't live in New Hampshire. I lived in Boston. No vehicle, you know what I mean? Like, I did what I could with what I had, you know? Yeah. I really did. Kayla stated that on the day the Chrysler Sebring broke down, known to be December 7th, 2019, as discussed in further detail below, Adam Montgomery struck Harmony, which caused her death. 
Kayla stated that while living in the vehicle together, Adam was extremely upset that five-year-old Harmony was not saying when she needed to go to the bathroom and was having accidents in the car. Kayla stated that after each accident, Adam would get upset and would strike Harmony in the face and head with a closed fist. Kayla stated that on December 7th, 2019, prior to the vehicle breaking down, Adam struck Harmony in the face and head on three separate occasions because she had a bathroom accident. This happened while Adam was driving the vehicle. Kayla described that Harmony was in the rear seat on the passenger side and while Adam was driving, he turned his body and delivered sets of three to four blows with a closed fist to Harmony's face and head on three separate occasions over the course of a few minutes. Kayla stated that after the final blow, Adam said words to the effect of that he felt something or heard something when he hit Harmony and, quote, I think I really hurt her this time. I think I did something. Harmony began making a moaning type noise, which went on for roughly five minutes and then stopped. At no time did anyone stop or get Harmony medical attention as the result of this assault. Kayla said this happened in the morning while the family was on their way to Burger King on Route 3 in Manchester and afterwards the family returned to the parking lot of the Colonial Village Apartments. The family stayed at Colonial Village for approximately 20 minutes, during which time no one checked on Harmony. Kayla could not recall exactly what they did during this 20-minute time period. Kayla said that after approximately 20 minutes, the family left the Colonial Village apartments and shortly thereafter, their car broke down. Kayla said she thought the car died at approximately 8 or 9 a.m. According to the Manchester Police Department records, the car was broken down in the intersection of Elm Street and Webster Street at approximately 12.11 p.m. on December 7, 2019. Kayla said it was at that time that she and Adam discovered that Harmony was not breathing and was deceased. Kayla stated that Adam went to the trunk of the vehicle, removed clothing from a black and red Under Armour duffel bag, and placed the lifeless body of Harmony into the bag. Kayla stated at no point did either of them have any conversation about getting any type of life-saving measures for Harmony and that Adam simply put Harmony's dead body into the bag and walked it back to the parking lot of the Colonial Village Apartments. That's from the arrest affidavit, newly unsealed with all the details on what prosecutors allege happened to Harmony Montgomery at the hands of her father. Uh, Crystal Sorry, Harmony's mom, is uh, still with us tonight. Um, Crystal, when you learn those details of, of what they say happened to Harmony, um, what went through your mind? I just remember being in that, in a meeting that morning, and I just kept saying, like, I knew he had murdered her for something small, you know, something that she would really have no control over. 
so when they told me that, you know, he had reached over and done what he had done because she had been having multiple accidents, I went up, like, you know, I jumped up to kind of run out the room to get some air and I fainted. It was like, it just blew me away, you know? Um, because she had a history of accidents when she was scared or really stressed out um, and she didn't understand what was going on. She would have accidents because it was like her way of like letting you know like something's going on, I don't understand and I, I need you to pay attention to me, you know? Um, so I know her history, you know? So like when I heard those things, it was like, how could you fault her for the, that trauma? You know, that trauma response. You know, she was five years old, you were living in a car. It's not like there was an available bathroom and it's not like she wasn't terrified of this man already. If this man was punching you in the face for every little thing, would you tell him you had to go to the bathroom? No, you wouldn't. You know, so it was just, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. And I kept telling myself and my family kept repeating that anything that happened after she was with my mom and my brothers, you know, she wasn't, it wasn't her. I try to tell myself that anything he did to her after she was already at peace and she couldn't feel it. That's the only thing that gives me a tiny shred of peace. Why, you know? why, why do you think he even wanted her or fought for her or asked the judge for custody of her? It just seems so obvious that there, it wasn't about love. She was a meal ticket. He did it because he thought, oh, she's blind. I'm going to get a, you know, a good amount of social security for her also to hurt me. He told me, he said, if I ever get her, you're never going to see her again. And I told, I told DCF this. I told them, you know. I said, that would be the biggest mistake you ever make because he hated women. He hated women. He hated his mother. His mother abandoned him. Like, he had terrible history with women. He's a woman beater. Like, I knew that. He used to put his hands on me. Like, I didn't want him to have any type of control over his daughter. I, I knew. I just knew, you know? But I didn't, like, when I was looking for her and I was on the news and I was, I was saying all these possibilities, I just didn't want to believe the worst, you know? You don't want to believe that somebody could look in a child's eyes that didn't choose to be here and do such a thing. He, he named her. He chose Harmony, her name. I was going to name her Melody. You know? And those are the things that I, that I have to live with, that I have to think about, you know? 
People don't understand that, you know, I've been put through hell throughout this entire investigation. I've been blamed, bashed. I had people in my inbox telling me I should end my life. I should be sterilized. I should never have children. And I did nothing but everything in my power to get people to listen to me. And it was too late. Crystal, tell us a little bit more about Adam. You know him better than, than any of us. And I'm, to try to understand who he really is, you, you mentioned that he had put hands on, on you as well. Um, at, at, like how, cons how consistent was the violence that you witnessed and what would, what would happen just before he would get that way? Um, he gets set off very easily. He, um, he's the type, he's a narcissist. So he's the type of person that, uh, looks for things like he'll look for things like he'll, he'll read a text and misinterpret it and, and think you're trying to be shady or, um, he'll ask around be like, Oh, when I was um, at work at X amount of time, um, what was my girl doing? Da da da. And if they said like, oh, I don't know, she went to the store at one point, like, oh, she left and she was cheating. Like he was really controlling and really like just toxic. It was just very toxic. And um, obviously like in the, when you're using, like we used together, like that was our entire relationship. We used, like I was high. I didn't care what the, he was doing you know um but then when I got pregnant with Harmony I didn't want that anymore and he had when I was pregnant with Harmony he had tried to murder somebody he shot this man in the face over some drugs and when he went to jail I was like hallelujah you know like I went to a program and I wrote him a letter and I I didn't want to be with him anymore I just said listen I saw the true you and you know, he was putting his hands on me while I was pregnant. There was just, he cared more about drugs and it just, and I believed I went to the program. He went to jail while I was pregnant. It wasn't meant to be like, I was a strong believer then that everything happened for a reason. Um, he, he was just, um, even when he was in jail, it was super, he was in jail a lot of our relationship. I, I want that to be put out there as well. Um, when I met him, he was on the run from violation of probation, like some prior things he had done, I, probably robberies, something, I don't know. Um, but he was in and out of programs. He would get in the program, the, the judge would put him in a program, and then he would get a good month or two, get them to trust him, and then he would run from the program. And, then and it was just a vicious cycle. He just did it every time. He would be like, I'm an addict, judge. And they'd put him in jail and then he'd go I, to a program. I was a prosecutor. Like, I, I've seen those guys. I have seen those guys. Yeah. Same routine yeah, over and over. The, and you find these gullible judges. Yeah. And then a judge who would give custody of a child to someone like that. Unreal. All right, Crystal, yeah. stay there. I don't know how they, they didn't cross. Yeah. Like, you know, those two. It's very simple to do if you ask a couple questions yes. or get a little bit of information before making such an important decision for a child. It's always supposed to be what's in the Seriously. best interest of the child. Not what dad wants, not what mom wants. Best interest of the child always should drive everything. Always. Crystal, stay where you are. When we come back, I want to ask you about
Michaela Montgomery because she is going to be the most important witness, but she was in the middle of all of this as well. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Because I got subpoenaed to be questioned about Harmony and I lied to the grand jury because I was scared. So focusing back on that time period, September, October 2019, what was your life like back then? Um, I was working up until November 2019 at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I would work 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um, Adam would be home with the kids while I'm at work. And he would drop me off and pick me up from work because I didn't have a license. Um, and then after he would pick me up, I would be at the house with the kids and he would leave some nights because we were using drugs. Yeah, using a lot of drugs. And that is the home that Harmony was in. Let's bring back in uh, Harmony's mom, Crystal Sori, who uh, is joining us tonight. Um, what are your thoughts about Kayla Montgomery? On the one hand, she's gonna be the most important witness in the trial of Adam, um, but she's in the middle of all of this. She's in the middle of all of it and claims to not know where Harmony's remains are. What do you think? Um, I, had, I had a lot of trouble with her throughout this case um, because I'm a human. Like, I'm a victim of domestic violence, especially, you know, by him. Um, so I, I, I know what she was going through with him. I know, you know. Um, it still is not even a crumb of an excuse because if it had to be between me and a child, doesn't matter if it's a stranger, a stepchild, my boyfriend's child, my girlfriend's child, I don't care. If it had to be between me and a child, I'm going to choose me. So the fact that she didn't lift a finger to get her help, she did nothing, and then decided to just well, not only that, but, you know, she laid down and got pregnant by him while my daughter was somewhere stashed in this house. That's a little part that everyone else seems to miss, is that she did have a third child a month before they got ar arrested in, in 2021. She had a daughter. <laughs> Go figure, right? Um, and so it's, it's, like, I think about all of those pieces, like, the only people that really think about though the, everything is me and my family, you know. Um, a lot of people see what they see on social media or the TV or whatever, but, like, I know these details, you know. Um, so that right there is just disgustingly sick. Like, you watched him murder a child and then you laid down with him and had a, another baby? I'm... And then, you know, the the piece of 
you know, her basically doing no time. Yeah. After she helped, she helped. No matter any way people want to put it, she helped. She helped conceal her body. She did nothing to lift a finger. She helped kill her, you know? So it's very hard for me to not have very serious anger towards her. Um, and I wish the worst for her. I hope she never gets to be around another child again. You know what I mean? She doesn't deserve to be near her child. I never get to hold my baby again. So she should never get to lay eyes on hers again. You know, um, they're better off without her. 110%, those, those boys are better off without her. Um, and, and, you know, the fact too that, you know, the boys, they were there. They were right in that back seat with Harmony. You know, it's like, what? You know, it, um, you know, and then she just sits up there and, and she knows that like her life is over, you know what I mean? But I have a small, like, I kind of believe that she doesn't know where my daughter is only because I know Adam and, you know, he would say, I'm not going to take you to do this last thing because in case you rat on me. I know he would say some That does make weird, sense. Some weird It makes weird you sense know what I mean? from, it makes, from a man like it, that. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Crystal, um yeah, just, re really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um I know Harmony is looking down, proud of you telling her story tonight that we have not heard. Um but our our thoughts are with so. you and our thoughts are with that that little angel. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. There you have it. If you want to see more in-depth reporting on the latest true crime stories, you can see me every weeknight, 8 p.m. Eastern on Closing Arguments. Harmony Story is one we've been covering for years, and we will continue to do so as this case unfolds. You can also see me on the all-new Court TV original series, Accomplice to Murder, with new episodes every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for downloading. And as always, please don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.